So each animal type has its unique approach to focusing concentration. And when you tailor your strategies to your brain type, it's much more conducive for deep, effective focus and work. And the same thing I mentioned about focus, you could do that for reading speed and comprehension. Like cheetahs tend to skim and scan. Owls are looking for all the details. Dolphins read to read faster, they visualize. Elephants read naturally for empathy. I'm Doug Bobst, personal trainer, best-selling author, and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage Podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst. And today's guest and returning to the podcast is Jim Quick. Jim is one of the world's leading experts on all things memory, the brain, focus, and learning. He's also a New York Times bestselling author and the host of the highly popular Quick Brain podcast. Today on the show is going to be a 30-minute masterclass on all things focus so that you can become unstoppable learn anything, and transform your life. So with that said, let's get this conversation going and welcome Jim Quick back to the Adversity Advantage podcast. Jim, welcome back to the podcast. So good to be here, Doug. Um, I'm looking forward to this conversation and thank you everybody who's tuning in. What would you say is the, the number one thing that holds people back from staying focused? The way I look at focus, I mean, imagine a magnifying glass and you're you're outside. I don't know if as a kid you used to play with, used to burn things like, uh, I don't know, like leaves and stuff like that. Uh, it's interesting because if you look at what's doing the burning, that point, that focal point, if you will, is, is very sharp. It's very bright. And uh, the words we use to describe people when we say someone's sharp and they're bright usually implies that they're very smart. They're very intelligent, but maybe they're just better focused, like that magnifying glass is. Uh, and so an immense amount of power when we could focus. I think that it's one of the challenges people have. They'll read a page in a book and their mind will wander and they'll forget what they just read or they can't maintain a, their focus with their kids or if that a networking event, they forget people's names. And the art of memory, the art of learning, the things that we teach, speed reading, memory improvement, everything else, it really starts with that concentrated focus. And so um, I would say that focus first and foremost is a muscle. It's use it or lose it. You know, one of the challenges is when people wake up, the first thing they usually, 90% of the population grabs their device, which is really a distraction machine. And if so if the first thing you do in the morning is flex your distraction muscles, every ring, ping, ding, app notification, social media alert. It's when you wake up, you're in this relaxed state of awareness. And I think number one, how you start your day, you want to start it in a focused state, right? And not flex those distraction muscles because um, you're very impressionable when you first wake up. And the other reason why you don't want to touch your phone the first 30 minutes a day, and we have a Facebook video that has like I don't know, like 37 million views, just saying, don't touch your phone for 30 minutes. It also requires your brain for reaction, which could also uh, disrupt your, your productivity, your performance, your peace of mind, because all of a sudden you're defending and you're fighting fires and one, you know, message, social media message, voicemail message, email could 
totally hijack your focus and your mood throughout the entire day. So that could be a big challenge. Um, so instead of that, what can you do? So something really simple that I've been doing for years. Imagine you wake up in the morning, you're lying in bed, and before you get out or touch your phone or do anything, take do everyone do this two-minute exercise. I promise there's huge upside to this. Imagine this thought experiment where you're coming back into bed You know, uh, later that night, you finish your day, um, or somebody maybe towards the end of the day asks you a question, like my wife asked me a question, I visualized like, how was your day? And I was like, wow, today was amazing. I, I got, you know, and then I say, what had to happen in order for me to feel that way? And I just uh, come up with three personal things and three professional things that uh, beginning with the end in mind. So, so often we don't know, in sports is very clear when you win, right? Because there's a, there's a scoreboard. But for our life and for our days, we really don't have that. So those six things, three personal, three professional, become my focus. And that's a proactive way of setting your up, setting your uh, day up for success. Because if you want to win the day, you really have to win that first hour of the day. And so for me, I focus on those three things. So it could be even something simple, like on the personal, like walking the dog uh, you know, for 15 minutes, getting some fresh air and doing some my my, my priming in my mind. Or, um, you know, on my professional, I was having a conversation with you. You know, and so go working backwards, I think it allows you because the most important thing for focus, the most important thing is to keep the most important thing, the most important thing, right? And often I feel like sometimes we could be busy and still not feel like we're making progress. And so how we, to win is to really have a clear, clear outcomes. And I feel like that's very important. The second thing I would recommend, um, is your brain primarily is a deletion device. So it's trying to keep information out because you can't focus on everything, right? And you have part of your brain called a reticular activating system, RAS for short. And imagine it, it, the job of is to shine a spotlight on the things. It's like a gatekeeper. It decides what you could actually, what you want to let in. And it's based on your interests. And one of the tools we have to be able to, to enhance our focus is questions. So questions really are the answer. And I feel like anytime you want to bring your focus back to something that's meaningful, you could ask a better question. Meaning if somebody's reading something and they can't get their, their mind wanders and they get easily distracted, having questions about what you read is going to help you focus, right? Because all of a sudden, like years ago, my younger sister uh, would send me emails and postcards of a very specific kind of dog. It was a pug dog. And my question was like, why does she keep on sending me these, these pug dogs, right? And so she was activating my RAS, my reticular activating system. And a funny thing happened, Doug. I started seeing these pug dogs everywhere. Like I would go to the health food store, be ready to check out, and the person in front of me is holding a pug dog in her arms, right? Or I'm, I'm running in my neighborhood and I saw this guy walking six pug dogs. And my question for everyone listening is, did those pug dogs just teleport and magically appear in my neighborhood? No, they were always there, but I was deleting them because it wasn't important to me. And still I started asking the question and then I started seeing them everywhere. 
And uh, so I feel like the answers are always present. And when we ask better questions, we get better answers. So questions are an incredible tool to shine a spotlight. Because then when you're reading something, you have questions. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, there's a pug dog. There's a pug dog. There's a pug dog. And so questions I often ask myself to focus better, questions like, what's the best use of this moment? Or questions like, uh, how can I do this, and the thing I'm putting off, and enjoy the process? Or I feel if I feel stalled, and I'm not sure what the next step is, I ask myself this focusing question, what is the tiniest action I could take right now that will give me progress towards this goal where I can't fail? What is the tiniest action I could take right now, operative word now, uh, that will give me progress, get me closer to this outcome uh, where I can't fail. And I feel like that's a way of refocusing your attention. you know. And then the third thing I would say is do mindful activities. And it doesn't have to be meditation, although meditation is kind of my go-to. We could bring focus and flex the focus muscle throughout the day. Even when we're eating something, when we're, I always tell people to try brushing your teeth with the opposite hand because Yes, it engages a different part of your brain because there's cross laterals. Half of your brain controls the other half of your body and vice versa. But actually by using our body in different ways, it actually stimulates a different part of our brain. But also what it does is because most people aren't going to be good at it, like eating with the opposite hand or um, brushing your teeth with the opposite hand, that kind of thing, it forces you to focus um, as opposed to being distracted. And again, I think focus is a muscle and it's use it or lose it. That's why I think you meditate. I meditate uh, you know, every day for just 10, 15 minutes, not to get enlightened. I do it as a focusing exercise, kind of like I'm in the mental gym where you know, as you're being still and your attention goes to like, oh, I have to pick up the dry cleaning or whatever. When you pull it back into your breath or you pull it back to a mantra, then you've exercised your focus and how you do anything is how you do everything. And I feel like that muscle, once it's flexed and stronger, it carries into other areas of your life where you need that greater focus. So those are a few th kind of my, my favorite tools uh, to be able to, to harness laser focus. I feel like a lot of people, they understand that when they get out of bed, they probably shouldn't look at their phone. Or if they wake up in the middle of the night, the last thing they should do is scroll on social media or they, they should you know set boundaries and limits for social media throughout the day so that you know, they can just not just be more focused, but be more connected, be more present, you know, optimize their mental health. But there's so many people that, that fail to do that despite that. Do you think that if somebody doesn't have the best boundaries with social media and technology and they've tried for months and years to do so, that they should just quit social media and recalibrate themselves for a little bit? You know, when it comes to focus, there are, and I love having this concentrated Con, you know, a focus around focus. It's kind of meta. Um, it's like a little masterclass on focus and concentration. I find that, okay, so if you want to make a change in anything, including our focus, it, you can only do four things and only four things. You either could start something, you could stop something, you could do more of something, or you could do less of something, right? Those are the only choices we have. Um, the fifth choice would be to not to do anything and nothing changes, right? Um, so while we have a to-do thing, like a starting something brand new, like starting meditating, you know, that would be something that you could start. Uh, stopping something could be 
stop checking your phone first thing in the morning or late at night. Um, I feel like those are important. Or people have a choice. They don't have to do like extremes to completely stop or start with social media. They could just do less of it or more of it, right? Probably for most people, it's less. <laughs> I think people spend about, what, 12 hours a month on on Instagram. Is That's what I the most recent thing I, I heard. And that's just, people always say they don't have time. But we live in the age of attention. It's not just our time; it's how we're allocating that time with our with our with our awareness and our, and our alertness and our our focus, right? So, yeah, if, if people have the willpower to do less of it, the the key in Limitless Expanded, I have a whole chapter on focus, and I have a whole chapter on habit design and how to start new habits and how to break you know limiting habits. And for the habit section, the key really is the the like first principle is you want to make what's good for you easier and you want to make what's not so good for you more difficult. So what I'd rather do is like instead of having willpower not trying to dra- grab my phone, it's easier to just not have the phone on my nightstand and just have it in the bathroom for instance, and that's just a little bit easier. Certainly there are uh, apps that will allow you to kind of shut off your, your your scroll, your doom scrolling and everything else that's on there. And I have no, no, no problem with social media. That's how a lot of people connect, right? It's how people entertain or educate. But if it's out of habit or picking up her phone every few minutes, just out of boredom, then technology is a tool for us to use. But if the technology is using us, then who become then we become the tool right and that becomes a big challenge i think one of the most important functions of any phone for productivity and performance is like airplane mode uh per- personally um because social media while it's really great if we overindulge it just drives distraction every like share comment cat video whatever it's just a dopamine flood and it's you know can make you addicted to, to those your devices and all the other things that come not only digital distraction but digital depression, comparing yourself to everybody else's highlight reel that's, that's going on, digital deluge. It's hard to focus when you're just context switching. Like never before have we had the opportunity to kind of in minutes scroll through hundreds of different contexts. And if people feel not only distracted, but also mentally drained, it could be because when you're engaging with social media, a different part of your brain lights up for different content. And then you switch and then another part of your brain lights up and it uses a lot of, uh, brain glucose, blood glucose, which, you know, it, it, people can feel tired and mental fatigue just going through their phone. So, um, you know, I, I think there's a quote in Limitless that says, life is the letter C between B and D, where B is birth and D is death, life C choice. And we always have these choices, right? And one of the questions, going back to the power of questions for your focus is, is this good for my brain or is this bad for my brain? If we're talking about brain optimization, accelerated learning, speed reading, memory, everything, you have to take care of the hardware, right? This three pound uh, matter between gray matter between your ears. And I would say, you know, a good focusing question is, hey, is what I'm watching right now, is that good for my brain or bad for my brain? This is the people I'm spending time with. Is that good for my brain? Bad. Is what I'm eating or consuming, is that good for my brain or bad for my brain? So it keeps your focus on the most important thing, which is your brain, which is the number one wealth building asset that all of us have. And so, um, you know, I'm a fan of social media, obviously, I would love to connect with people who are listening on social media, and everything in moderation. So you talked about that two minute exercise that does wonders for people's focus, like in learning how to ask yourself, 
better questions, right? When it pertains to focus, do you think that's what most people are missing when it comes to having better focus? Because a lot of times you'll say, okay, I'm going to focus. I'm just going to put it in my calendar for 30 minutes. I'm going to focus on this task, or I'm going to, you know, set a goal, or I'm going to do this and do that. And then you just see people constantly like coming out of focus. Do you think they're missing that intrinsic internal motivation and drive that's connecting them to what they're focused on? I, I do. So in Limitless Expanded, we have a formula for limitless motivation, which is uh, if, you, if you struggle with procrastination or anyone listening struggles, putting things off, it, the, the formula is P times E times S3. P times E times S3. And the P is purpose. So let, let's say um, you want to read more, right? If people see me on social media with Elon or Oprah or whoever, people always ask how we connected. And we bonded over books, right? You read to succeed. If somebody has a lot of experience like yourself and you put it into a book, you know, which you have, um, somebody sit down a few days and read that book, they can download decades of wisdom into days, right? And um, and the, so reading is a wonderful focus exercise uh, to be able, I think reading is to your mind what exercise is is to your body. Uh, but when it's coming down to intrinsic motivation, let's say you want to motivate yourself to read more, like 30 minutes a day. The P stands for purpose, meaning one of the things that help us to focus and gives us some uh, more motivation is having a reason. Because without a reason, you won't get the result. Even if you're meeting somebody, a lot of people, and you forget names, right? We do whole courses on how to remember names and faces in business. Um, and it, this works for anyone of any age or stage in life. Part of the reason why people don't remember the name is not their retention, it's their attention, right? And people would have greater levels of attention if they could control and really connect with the purpose of why they want to remember this person's name. And even a simple question, going back to questions or the answer, saying, hey, why do I want to remember this person's name? Maybe it's to show the person some respect. Maybe it's to get a referral. Maybe it's to do a deal. Maybe it's to practice these things I learned on Doug's podcast, whatever, right? Because if you can't come up with a reason, you won't get the result or the reward. So having purpose will give you more focus. Um, and that, that focus will help improve your understanding, your comprehension, and so much more. The E in uh, the formula P times E times S3 is energy. Some people aren't focused because they're exhausted, right? If you, we have a 10 month old and, and he's teething and waking up multiple times throughout the night and somebody's exhausted, they're probably not going to want to read. Or if someone's in a, eat a lot of, like a big processed meal, they're probably in a, in a food coma. They're not going to have a lot of focus to, to read or work out. Right. And so we want to master our energy. And that's why there's so much in the book about what are the best brain foods, how to optimize your sleep, how to reduce stress that shrinks your brain and, and cause you to lose focus. And then finally, the last thing is S3, which is key to motivation and focus, small, simple steps. A lot of people, they can't, this goal that they set maybe might be like, I want to work out every day and they've never worked out. Right. And so a small, simple step might be putting on your running shoes. Or if you want to read 30 minutes a day, leaders are readers, right? Maybe opening up the book is a small, simple step that will that you could focus on. Um, reading one line in a book could be a good starting point for that. So, um, you know, when it comes to getting your, when we're talking about motivation, intrinsic or ex external, then I would say 
control what you can control and you could always control feelings of purpose. You could control more of your energy levels. Uh, you could also control the small little steps because little by little, a little becomes a whole lot. You know, what I'm most excited probably in my new research and the updated version of Limitless is this idea of brain types. And a brain type is, I realize that not everybody focuses the same way, just like not everybody reads the same way or learns the same way, that it's not how smart you are, it's how are you smart. It's not how smart you are, it's how are you smart. So we created, there's a chapter in the book of a model that helps you to understand how you, how your brain works so you can work your brain better. And that includes memory, includes reading, includes focus. So um, I'll give people just a quick overview. It's uh, everyone write down brain code, C-O-D-E, and code is an acronym. And I made this assessment very simple. It only takes four minutes to go through. It's in the book, or people could go. We put it online uh, to, to celebrate the book. I've used this model uh, on one-on-one coaching for years, and this is the first time we've made it available for the public. Uh, people could go to mybrainanimal.com, mybrainanimal.com. And people right now don't take the assessment. Like what you could do is text it to somebody, right, or send it to them and see what their brain animal is. There's nothing to buy, but what happens is you get a personalized report on how you could focus better and read faster, improve your memory based on your brain type. Cause it's kind of like, um, so have you heard of like personalized medicine or personalized nutrition? It's like, it's based on an assessment, right? Personalized medicine is based on an assessment you do for your genetics or your, your, your DNA. Um, personalized nutrition is based on your nutrient profile test or a microbiome assessment, right? So we created a personalized learning track based on brain types. And so C-O-D-E, the C is the cheetah. Now the cheetah, their dominant trait is action. And so everyone listening, do you identify with, you do learn something and immediately apply it, right? Uh, These cheetahs are people who are strong intuition. They thrive in fast paced environments. Uh, the O in code are your owls and your owls dominant trait is logic. So these are people who love facts and figures and formulas. They love numbers. They love to measure everything. And just a cheetah and an owl, you would, they'd make decisions differently, right? They would invest differently. They would uh, exercise differently also as well. They would parent differently. It's kind of like love languages that if, if, uh, Let's say you want to learn something and you want to focus on it, but for some reason you're just not getting it. Sometimes your brain type is different than the instructor's brain type and style. So it's like two ships in the night, you pass each other and you don't even realize the other one's there. There's no connection, right? And so the um, the D in code are your dolphins and your dolphins primary trait is is creativity. So these are people who have a strong imagination, there are people that you might know that could see a future that maybe other people can't yet see. They have great pattern recognition. And then finally, the E in code stands for elephant, and these, their primary trait is empathy. And these are individuals that have high levels of compassion. They love doing things in teams. They're community builders. Now, when we're talking about focus, how does this relate? Well, people tend to go to their strengths. Like, for example, we had our team take this assessment. And 100% of, of our customer service team, they're, they're elephants. And we didn't sort for them. It's elephants. They, they have strong empathy. They want to have people feel seen and feel heard. 
right? They want to be able to support and build a community. Our CFO is a owl, all numbers and logic. That's their focus when we're talking about focus. Um, my business partner, uh, our CEO, she's a, a, a creative. She could she could vision. She's a creative dolphin. She could see. You know, she has a plan and a vision for our growth and the impact that we're going to have. Now, how does this relate to to focus? So, if a cheetah is quick and like intuitive, then they would benefit from short bursts of focus, right? Like things like we talk about in the book, the Pomodoro technique is where you focus for an intense short period, like maybe 20 minutes. Because the Pomodoro technique says that after 20, 25 minutes, there's a dip in your attention span, right? And it's like where our attention span is that of a, a sitcom. Now, by the way, talking about sitcoms, if you think about something like Friends, the television show Friends, like Joey would be a cheetah fast, doesn't think, just acts, right? Um, Ross was a professor, a scientist. He would be your owl. Uh, Monica would always, her focus would always be empathy, want to bring everyone together, right? Want to host everything at her apartment. Um, Phoebe was the creative and her focus is on music, you know, and creative expression. She would be the dolphin. So you see these archetypes everywhere. And my message for everyone listening is once you understand your uh, dominant brain animal type and the brain animals of people around you, it really explains their behavior. And it takes the judgment we have off of, you know, of, for other people or self-judgment that we have for ourselves, because it's just how we're organized. It doesn't mean that, and everybody's a composite of all four animals, but usually one is dominant. Like you have a dominant hand, doesn't mean you don't use your left hand, your left, your non-dominant hand. It just means you're not as effective using your, you know, your non-dominant. So once you understand your brain type, for example, if you're a cheetah, you could, you know, do 20 minutes Pomodoro technique and take a brain break, right? Physical activity before a focus session could help cheetahs uh, channel their energy and have a clear mind. Uh, cheetahs work extremely well focused around clear goals and objectives. So cheetahs work best when they have a clear target, setting specific achievable goals, you know, for each focus session. But now notice, like if I switch off to like an owl, who's more analytical, and they, they would thrive with greater focus if they have an organized work environment, right? Owls can enhance focus by organizing their workplace, uh, putting everything in the right folder on their computer and a structured plan for tasks. They would benefit from breaking down tasks into uh, smaller manageable parts that help them maintain focus and prevent feeling overwhelmed, well, which could you know, be an enemy of focus also as well. They could schedule deep work um, you know, if you Cal Newport wrote a book on, 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 on deep work, but you could schedule your deep work sessions, a dolphin on the other side, who's more creative, they could benefit with focus. They could mind map. We talk about that in the book. It's a whole brain way of taking notes, uh, and connecting your thoughts. They could take creative breaks, which will help rejuvenate, uh, rejuvenate their focus, incorporating short creative activities to break up, you know, to keep their mind fresh and prevent burnout. Um, they could, you know, add variety in their tasks. Uh, dolphins might lose focus if they feel bored. So rotating between different tasks can help to keep them engaged. And then finally, uh, how elephants could better focus 
their whole thing is collaboration. So what helps an elephant focus is things like collaborative work sessions. Working in a team or a group can help elephants stay focused, right? Because they draw energy from social interaction. You know, they having a structured routine. Elephants can benefit from having a consistent routine um, with regular breaks to what? Reflect, right? And connect with the, the things that they're learning. Uh, mindfulness practice, as we talked about, they benefit really well from um, techniques such as meditation or yoga can help elephants center their thoughts and their emotions, which will enhance their ability to concentrate. So each animal type has its unique approach to focusing and concentration. And when you tailor your strategies to your brain type, it's much more conducive for deep, effective focus and, and work. And the same thing I mentioned about focus, you could do that for reading speed and comprehension. Like cheetahs tend to skim and scan because uh, they want to get through things fast. Owls are looking for all the details and you know the research and under comparing to what they already know. Um, when dolphins read, to read faster, they visualize what they're reading because a picture is worth a thousand words and they get very passionate around it. Uh, elephants read naturally for empathy. So they want to know what the author or expert, their point of view and their perspective, so they can understand where they're coming from. So it's interesting once you understand your brain animal type, because it informs everything for your learning, for your leading. You could use it for parenting, you could use it for hiring, you could use it for managing. And I feel like this contribution, I mean, it could have been a book on it to its, itself, but when you understand how your brain works, you could work your brain better. So it seems like the major theme of this conversation in helping people um, improve their focus is better understanding themselves. And listening to you describe the brain types, I, I feel like a lot of people have a little bit of cheetah inside of them in the, in the way that they want to see results fast. They want things to happen quick. We live in this world of instant gratification, right? What's a What's a realistic time frame you think for people? Like how quick have you seen people transform their focus? Almost immediate. I mean, people aren't like doubling or tripling their focus, but they're little things like if you, when you go through Limitless, every page or every other page has something called quick start. And I'm a big believer that knowledge by itself is not power. It has the potential to be power. It only comes power when we apply it. So the book itself, while it teaches accelerated learning and brain optimization, it's actually written in a way that accelerates your learning, right? So for example, every chapter opens with three questions. So that way when people are reading, they're like, oh, there's an answer, there's an answer, there's an answer, right? Because it, it charges your reticular activating system. Uh, towards the end, we do this review where you have to teach it to somebody else. And I feel like when you learn something with the intention of teaching somebody, you're going to learn it better because you're going to have better focus. If people are, are had to give next week a TEDx talk on what they learned from our conversation right now, they would certainly have better focus. They call it the explanation effect. When you learn something with the intention of explaining to somebody else, you're going to learn it better. So you'll get instant uh, benefit by applying anything, like even not touching your phone first thing in the morning and having six targeted goals, you know, when you start out, um, even for reading, if people want better focus, one brain hack is use a visual pacer. If, if you underline the words with, with your finger, not touching the book or the, the Kindle, the screen, uh, or a pen, a highlighter, whatever, mouse on a computer, you'll actually read 25 to 50% faster with 25, 50% better focus because our attention is often 
it, 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 first of all, your eyes are attracted to motion. So when something is in your, because as a hunter gatherer, if you're in a bush and you're hunting lunch, um, you know, like a rabbit or carrot, whatever your diet, whatever someone's diet is, if a bush next to you moves, you have to look at what moves or you have to focus on what moves because number one, it could be lunch or number two, you could be lunch, right? And so whatever moves the most, you're gonna pay attention to. So when you're underlining the words with your finger, your attention is being pulled through the information as opposed to your attention being pulled apart. Right. And that's why you don't regress either. You don't back skip. A lot of bad habits we learn when we're kids where we reread words unconsciously. So it helps you to focus through it. But the other reason why you use your finger while you read is because you'll have better not only speed and focus, but because you have better focus, you'll have better comprehension and retention because certain senses work very closely together. Like, have you ever, Doug, have it tasted a great piece of fruit? Like not something that's been waxed and sprayed in a grocery store for six months, but like right off the vine or at a farmer's market. Oh yeah. Yeah. Have you ever tasted a great, I don't know, peach? Yeah. So sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So in actuality, we're not tasting the peach. We're smelling the peach. Our tongue's not capable of tasting what a peach tastes like um, because you're smelling the peach. But our sense of smell and taste are so closely linked in our nervous system that we, our minds can't tell the difference. It can tell the difference when we're sick. If your nose is congested, food tastes different, right? Same as your sense of smell and taste are linked, so is your sense of sight and your sense of touch. So literally when people use their finger while they read, they say they feel more in touch with their reading um, because it's like, um, I don't know, like oh, if somebody loses their sense of sight, how do they read? It's their sense of touch, right? Braille. And so one of the ways you can focus better when you're processing information is use a visual pacer and that'll enhance your focus. And I don't expect people to believe everything I'm saying. I'm saying test it. Pick up a book, put a mark in the margin, time on your phone 60 seconds, read naturally how you'd normally read, and then put a mark in the margin when you're done, count the number of lines per minute, and then pick up where you left off 60 seconds. And the only thing you do different is just underline the words, margin to margin. You're not skipping anything or anything else like that. And then count the number of lines in 60 seconds. That second number will be about a 25, 50% lift. And that that's huge, right? Saving 50% of your time is, is an immense advantage that we have. And most people will actually understand more because they have better focus. And so these are like little things that you could do. And there are literally hundreds of things in the book and, you know, in our podcast that we talk about to help people to stay on track with their focus. Well, Jim, this has been awesome. This has been a masterclass on focus. And I wanted to thank you so much for your time. I think the audience is going to really enjoy this one. If they want to buy the book or connect with you, I know you talked about where they can take the, the brain test, but where can people connect with you? The, the brain quiz is at mybrainanimal.com. It's only four minutes. Uh, as you're listening to it, it's, um, it's probably complimentary still for the, you know, celebrate the book. The book is at limitlessbook.com. The first edition did over a million copies. Uh, we donated the proceeds to charity. So we're very passionate about this for children's education and Alzheimer's research in memory of my grandmother. And on social media, I, I would challenge everyone to take a small, simple step going back to S3, small, simple steps is um, they could post their brain animal after they take the quiz, tag Doug, tag myself, and we could see like what the dominant brain animal is in your community. And I'll actually give out a few copies of Limitless Expanded just as a randomly, just as a thank you for everybody. But um, yes, social media, 
web, you know, those websites is, is wonderful. Awesome. Well, I'll be sure to include the links to that stuff in the show notes. And Jim, thank you so much for your time and for coming back on the show. I know the audience really appreciates it. Awesome, Doug. Thanks for having me.